Hello, welcome to today's Unpacked Short. I am joined by Peter Franklin. Hello. Hello. Talking about one of our new favourite topics, land value tax. And I'm also joined by special guest, Seb Giraud. Hello. So today, as I say, we are talking land value tax again because it's such an important and popular topic. But this time we're specifically looking at Silicon Valley. Peter. Yes, well, this is occasioned by um, a recent public appearance by the famous, um, some would say infamous, Silicon Valley um, entrepreneur Peter Thiel. And he was at an event in uh, New York in which uh, he made the remark that when he he invests in a, in a new sort of tech startup. He says, most of my money goes straight out of the business to the landlords to pay the rents. Um, and he was saying that rents in the Silicon Valley area, um, San Francisco, etc., are just getting ridiculous. And he himself is, I, I believe, moving out to Los Angeles. Um, and um, it's, it's a real problem when you get certain hot areas of, of commercial development, like where we are in London, for instance. Um, that's only happening because of the hard work and brilliance of all sorts of entrepreneurs and, or, or what the state does to invest in infrastructure. And yet private landlords who haven't done anything apart from being lucky enough to own the land where this is happening, extract a whole lot of that value out of the productive economy um, and it's not like they're going to create any more land as a result you know so and I want to come back to this point about um, why allowing land values to escalate to the point that they have is is bad for the economy but but just to pause for a moment so one of the points here is that you know Silicon Valley is this this kind of tiny in terms of geographical size mm. cluster of you know phenomenal technological innovation yeah. and you know one of the worries of these very high rental costs is that those businesses will move elsewhere and you've just said you know Peter Thiel moving to Los Angeles but I mean Seb is that a bad thing because surely we want to share growth more evenly across the country absolutely I mean as somebody that loves San Francisco I can completely understand the appeal of uh, of moving and working in the Bay Area but certainly that is something that we've got to think about you know so we've seen recently in the US with, with the move of Boeing and so on and Peter Thiel as you mentioned Peter um, there is some there is some movement in the state and I, I struggle to see how that necessarily is a bad thing um, surely if we if we're dealing in in market forces here if the demand is there particularly with venture capital funds uh, keep pouring money into these kind of companies. Small startups have almost unlimited access to capital. Um, I struggle to see how that is necessarily a bad thing. And surely it would be the decision of that individual company or investor to say, hold on, is it really wise that you're spending uh, an enormous amount of your uh, finances on being in this area where you might be able to move 100 miles south or 10 miles east uh, to somewhere that would be significantly more economically beneficial to you. What, what is the trade-off do you see there, Peter, in terms of uh, why they all need to cluster in one place? Well, clearly there is a trade-off, but clustering happens for a reason, which is that it's just more productive, right? Now, it would be great if we created, you know, this isn't a zero-sum game. We can create more centres of productivity within any country, even within one city. Um, 
but to um, you know force people just to spread out, just to escape um, the, 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 these very high rents. You lose something. You lose something about. You lose something of the buzz. You lose something about the the sort of economies of well, maybe not scale, but the economies of concentration. Call, call, you know, the fact that people can bump into each other, exchange ideas, all of these things. You know, there's a reason why these things happen in particular places. And if we allow rents to, to um, you know, just explode in the way they have done, you kill the, um, the goose that, that laid those golden eggs in the you, first place. And you also kill the diversity of an area because, as has happened in San Francisco, it's mm. only the very wealthy, the techies, that can now afford to live in the yeah. Bay Area. And, and that can't be good, you know, when you just have a society with the same sort of people living in it. But That's right. Moving on from the clustering then, Peter, what is the solution? Well, I mean, what are you going to do instead of rents, given that lots of people want to, to, to live in a, in, in a finite area? Um, you have to have some way of sorting that out. Do you just have the state allocate instead? Um, are they going to allocate to the right people? I'd say they'd make a terrible job of that. So if you have to rely on rents, then I think the compromise is that you make sure that those rents are properly taxed, right? And then you can use the revenues from from that tax to do things like, for instance, upgrade the infrastructure of other cities so that they too can form these highly productive clusters. Um, Or maybe you just reduce, um, you know, general business taxation right um so that um all sorts of companies benefit from that and it's just the landlords who aren't actually creating any new businesses aren't creating any new resources or technology they're the ones that have to pay um for the privilege and i I think that's a very economically rational way of getting tax out of the economy. Well, you and Churchill, so you're in good company. Um, so this is effectively the difference. Winston Churchill. <laughs> Winston Indeed, Churchill, yes. uh, to be specific, as if people wouldn't know who it would be. Um, <laughs> so this is a difference effectively between um, taxing earned income, so the hard work that someone puts in, that could be creating a business, it could be you know going to work doing your 40-hour shift a week uh, and taxing unearned income, which is effectively just the benefits you're getting from simply owning a piece of land. So so from that sense, it seems, as you've described, economically sensible and much fairer. But who levies that tax? So, and, and, and you've pointed out various options for where the revenue could be invested. But you do say in your unpacked that, you know, one of the options could be that you could use it to regenerate other parts of the country. So, you know, I'm thinking, you levy these, this land value tax in San Francisco and you ship the money out to uh, Rust Belt America or something. I mean, Seb, does that feel fair? Um, no, but, you know, that, the, the question of fairness and taxation is one that is a, is a, tricky, uh, is a tricky peg to plug uh, in any uh, situation. But what was interesting when, when you're in this article, Peter, particularly in the point that I struggle with slightly, um, particularly because the point of the, of the unlimited capital is the fact that, uh, you know, 
that there was the notion that the rent levels, even if the landlords had to pay more, would not increase because they're already at their at their capacity, if you like. They're already at the max that uh, these kind of companies could pay. Yes. Uh, and also, it just does seem, and to Charlie's point, it does seem a bit strange also that we could apply this to ready-made cities. Uh, you know, what happens to the to the landlord that opts to try and build a school instead of offering that to a new Facebook. You know, where, where does that go? Um, and then is it really fair to ask the people of San Francisco to uh, expand or diversify uh, their land pool by taxing the landlords in order to move that money to perhaps Oregon to then see those companies move there because the infrastructure has been built off the back of another city. It does seem to me a, a very abstractly and theoretically a very nice uh, system of taxation, but is it really practical? I'd say probably not. Okay, well, on those, first of all, on would, would the uh, uh, tax be passed on to the um, the people renting the property? Well, I, I think what you said is that you know, the the... The, the rents are already set at whatever the market can bear, right? So it, the, there is no room to add anything to it. If there was, then they'd have raised the rents to that level already, right? So um, I don't think that would happen. This would come out of the profit made by the landlords, not out of uh, what the tenants have to pay. Right. But if the land, um, but if the landlord and the tenant is one and the same, surely Seb's point about um, companies potentially moving out because they've now got another tax would still stand. Um, if it's still yes, well, remember, well, in that case, if 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 you are using the revenues to reduce um, other taxes, uh, ta- other taxes, so they could offset it. They, they, they'd lose, they'd lose from the the land ownership side side of things but they could gain from the productive from, from the, side the tax things. yes so they'd and this this is important because a lot of big companies become financialized and they and they, they lose their what originally made them great and they turn into speculators but particularly financialized companies i'd say that there's a there's a dramatic risk in in silicon valley and in san francisco particularly if you know there are some very 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 wealthy companies over there sitting on stockpiles of money larger than the US treasury thinking of apple for instance what is to stop you know the the utopian uh, the techies of silicon valley buying up the whole city and well, sitting sitting on that uh, asset for you know to develop their own idea of what a city should be that could be a positive or a negative but do we really want to see a situation where we allow that to happen, that the only people that can afford to hold land are the very richest and the most powerful corporations in the land. Well, the, the, the very richest companies want to use their cash piles to make as much money, you know, as money comes to money, and, and they'll be looking for the best return, right? If you're taxing um, speculation in land, that makes it less profitable by definition. Therefore, it becomes a less attractive um, proposition. Therefore, you'd expect um, a, a commensurate amount of money to be diverted into other investments, hopefully investments in productive, innovative uh, business rather than just um, hoarding land. And I think that would be of great benefit to the economy. Okay, mm. we're, we're, we're going to have to call an end there. Oh, Peter, you didn't win Seb over. 
Um, still, another lively discussion. Thank you very much, Peter and Seb. Thank you, James, for producing this podcast. Please do subscribe if you haven't already. And remember, we do also have our audio documentaries, which I can plug on, particularly on wealth taxes that covers land value taxes, um, and also our weekly podcasts. Tune in next time. Thank you.